y'all. This is Market Explainer, America's number one mm-hmm. business news podcast. My name is Danny. I am joined always by my junior associate co-host. <laughs> one of these days, he's just going to be a junior co-host. Never. Never, ever, ever, ever. Yeah. I am always the big man, and you are yes. just Danny. I am always the successful one of the two of us with well, all the not. knowledge. And I don't know I, if that's true. <laughs> uh so we're doing this. Uh, the, you know, we had we had a slate of stories. We had a little hiccup this week. We couldn't get them, couldn't get this recorded in time. So some of these stories, you know. But if we could all think back in our brain machines, <laughs> way back when, Facebook was just not working for a day. You remember that? It was like 1999. <laughs> You know? Well, look, in today's world, obviously, uh, you know, the Internet is uh, what happened a week ago can be a long time. But this is really right. important. So uh, what we're obviously discussing is a little over a week ago, Facebook went down for, I think, a grand total of what was it? A grand total of I'm trying to think. Uh, six six hours, hours, right? Yeah, six six hours, uh, which people, again, short memories, uh, Facebook went down for about 24 hours a couple of years ago um, right. and didn't cause this kind of stir. But we live in a different world. Even though that was only two years ago, we live in a completely different world for some reason yeah. in 2021. So Facebook was down. Instagram was down, right? Essentially, all of Facebook's products right. were, down were down for six hours. And when I say down... The entire system was down, which led to an entire beautiful day on things like TikTok and stuff like that of people guessing why they were down. So I I saw an article from uh, America's leading technology publication, Barstool Sports, (laughs) that said that Facebook was just deleted off the Internet. Like I said, since they're America's leading technology publication... Uh-huh. I took that as fact, and I just expected that Facebook would never return. I, well, and look, and that was one of the conspiracy theories, is that the the source code, right, what they call right. the source code, was deleted, deleted off the internet. And, you know, so this is what I appreciate about stories like this, and we'll get to actually what happened in a minute, but the, I think this is the actual story within this, is during that and we're only talking about six hours here, folks. We're only talking about six hours from, you know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning through the midday. It spawned story after stories. Now, we all know that Danny loves to, even though he'll deny it, he is the conspiracy, conspiratorial, conspiratorial of the two of I'm us. Not. His That's imagination untrue. loves to run wild. This also happened to be the morning after the Facebook whistleblower did an yeah. interview about Facebook. So a lot of people tried to link these two things. I'm not saying that Facebook was, you shut their site down to delete a bunch of data that might incriminate (laughs) them. I'm not saying that. I'm also not saying that that leak was a plant. Oh, yes. All of a sudden we have this leak saying we need more regulations into, so we need, we need to regulate social media as an enterprise because you know, Anytime you regulate something, all it's going to do is prevent Facebook's competitors from existing and growing. Because, you uh-huh. know, God forbid uh, Zuck Barker, Barker, uh, Barker, <laughs> Barker, Barker, 
Yeah, have any competition. <laughs> well, so that my favorite conspiracies are the conspiracies that the conspiracy is a conspiracy. That's right. you know, so like you just said, the whistleblower being a conspiracy. No, that's for a conspiracy. That's a like, uh, no, it's not. It's not. Yes, it but that was one of my favorite conspiracies during that time frame was there were several videos that came out. I think I saw most of them on TikTok. I saw them a couple of other places that were of You're people too old to be on TikTok. Well, the the that were of people that were portraying themselves as uh, technology experts in some way or another, and like you said, saying that okay, the whistleblower comes out, so Facebook is essentially doing the old school. We're shutting everything down so that we can actually wipe things clean and yep. restart them because we all know that's how you truly delete things. Is you you know what I mean? You overwrite yep. that data on the hard drive, yada yada. So right. that was one of my favorite. Favorite. That was absolutely going crazy and wild, right? Of course, the deleted source code was another conspiracy theory out there that somebody it's not a hackers. Theory. It's not it one hundred percent. That is not what happened. That's not what right? happened. It was just it was just poor reporting. Well, uh, well, it was it was. Look, this happens a lot in today's world, and it happens a lot in business, which is why. But we're so fast paced in today's world, the twenty four hour news cycle, that right. almost any story that catches traction becomes the truth until it's proven otherwise days later. But then people don't necessarily read the truth days right. later. Right. Yeah. Um, and this has happened on Reddit before. It's happened with anybody that has these big audiences that something becomes even partially true or sounds right. true and, and then it gains traction. And that's what's called fake news. Right. You right, can go it, out there and say something that's not true and come back. Listen, you're saying days later, I'm saying they can correct a story within eight hours. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares after eight hours. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. If you launch a story at at, at the beginning of a workday, that's it. That's the that's the that's the narrative. Right. So, um, I'm going to continue uh, believing and spreading the news that Facebook's source code was actually deleted. <laughs> that is not what happened. Um, no. The simplest way to explain what happened is there There are really two parts of the internet. When you go onto Google and you type in an address, it like your physical address, it, it goes to a place called the DNS servers that yeah. essentially connects you to where that website lives, whether it's yes. Google, whether it's GoDaddy, wherever, whether it's a server sitting in your right. house, there's a connection in the middle. What happened is a cascade failure between those two things, between Facebook servers and the DNS servers, which is why you couldn't find the source code, right? Because right. there was a disconnect of where that source code lives, right? right? People don't understand the way the internet works, so you can... This happens in medicine and business all the time. If I use enough big words, I can make something sound, well, I can't find the source code. The source code is gone. Well, it's because you don't have access to the source code because right. every, that connection is gone. Now, this right. is not supposed to happen. That's why right. they call it a cascade failure. When something goes wrong, that leads to a domino right. effect of everything going wrong. So what happened in this case, standard update, on a server or on several servers right didn't work and if you don't know people if you there are redundancies right 
This is supposed to happen on this while these others are working, and then vice versa. The problem is, is when something, when people aren't necessarily doing their jobs, and there's so much automated in today's world, when something like an update on your computer, and it doesn't load properly, and you don't know about it until you need your computer... Because Correct. your computer's just sitting there. It's essentially what happened here. You had servers that were being updated. There was something wrong with that update that caused everything to stop. And when it it wasn't caught before it went to the next set. And right. then the next set. And then the next set. And it caused what's a cascade of servers going down and the process going down. The problem, though, is like Google and Facebook and these places that are so reliant on their own software. Right. Facebook employees couldn't get in the building. Right. Facebook employees couldn't access their information. The people, the the first problem they had with dealing with this, actually, and yeah. I'm surprised it didn't take longer than six hours, is right. the people that were in charge or that could fix it couldn't gain access to, to the fix building. the problem. Right. And the reason uh, the big man is so intimately familiar with how the internet works is because he is so old, he <laughs> was there when it was invented by Al Gore. <laughs> That is partially there. true. That is partially me. This there is a reason that there are the the people that deal with the hardware side of almost everything older. in technology are like are me, older. right? Because yeah, we were around when you had to figure out almost yes. like your uh, your car. You had to figure. You had to diagnose what was wrong with the computer and figure out what right. was whether it's a hard drive or whether it was this or whether it was that. And oh, and so it, computers in the old days used to be very like automotive, right? You kind right. of figured it out and diagnosed it yourself and then replaced it. And that's why there's so many hardware guys that are right. older generations because they, they had to figure this stuff out. And believe it or not, the internet and hardware of computer systems varies works very the way it did 30 years ago right right with the way it works chips are faster and then everything else is you know just more advanced but similar but this is similar in the way that it's laid out right a heat seek and still a heat seek a fan is still a fan uh you know what i mean a processor is still a processor they're still laid out in a very similar way that they were 30 years ago Right. right. Um, and that'll change actually in the near future, but that's a completely different conversation. This one surrounds the fact that I, I think you, the conspiracy theories from, I think the most fun about this story is all the different conspiracy theories. Hackers. Yes. The whistleblower, the, you know what I mean? All these, the source code thing is what people during that time did now one of the other sides of this that i think was good that came out of this i saw on reddit entire threads of people that were so afraid because their business relies so heavily on facebook facebook advertising these kind of well i'm when i say facebook in this case i'm talking about all of it right yeah because it was not just facebook the single app facebook erroneously has named its uh, um, corporate umbrella Facebook as well as their websites named Facebook. Google had done this for a long time, and then they created Alphabet, which is the holdings company that owns Mm -hmm. everything. Because when we're talking about this, we're not just talking about Facebook, the app. We're talking about Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook Messenger, which is horrifying, and Oculus. We're all down. 
Well, but when Messenger, saying, I mean, they've pushed that out as people use Messenger as their text messaging thing. app, yeah. as their whole, like, they've encompassed that into what everybody can use for almost all messaging, right? And you that make kind phone of stuff. calls and video chats with, with Messenger. Absolutely. Wow, and yeah. so, so all of that being down, you had people that their entire way of doing business, not, not just business, but personal as well, did not function. Right, yeah, and if you've relied on it for long enough, you don't know how to use other things either. Right, like so that's I know the way it people works. who have WhatsApp groups, um, for the, in their industry, and it's them and competitors, uh, who are in this WhatsApp group, and they're constantly like, "Hey, how many units did you move today? Can we do some horse trading? That kind of thing." Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're losing a day of business, um, for people that revenue is a lot of money. But you know who lost a lot more money? Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> well, they lost fake money. So what was that number, Danny? What was that number? I've seen $5 billion Okay. in, in, in loss in value in, in a matter of six hours, which they'd probably gain back by now, right? Well, so their stock's up over 20% for the year. Right. Yeah. So that's even with the downtrend. So people get, we've talked about this before, stocks are a- emotional. Right? right. Whether they should be or not, completely different conversation. Right. But stocks are emotional beings. So during that trading day of this being thing and being a thing, people get emotional and go, well, is Facebook dead? Right. Like that was right. the most it's, one of the most emotional headlines of that day yeah. during the time is this mm-hmm. Facebook and I think it kind of tagged on to the conspiracy theory that the source code was gone and people were going right. well Facebook if the source code is gone and there are no backups because you can't access the backups then yes. Facebook is essentially dead which is a line of thought that is kind of partially true right that Facebook we Instagram and that would just be dead like literally would never come back and right. then you go, okay, what does that do to the stock? What does that do to ads? What lost revenue? And yada, yada, right. yada, yada. And so the stock, I mean, I mean, it hit a, like you said, a $5 billion loss during that. But now again, that's pretend loss, meaning that the yeah. stock is fake. It's, yeah, so it's not, it's not. So unfortunately, when we have discussions about these sorts of subjects, people's belief is, oh, Someone showed up to Mark Zuckerberg's Wells Fargo account and took out six or five point nine six billion dollars. Six billion dollars. Yeah, that's not what happened. No, Mark Zuckerberg owns a percentage of Facebook, and that's the stock cratered enough that the value of his stock lost six billion dollars. He's it doesn't change anything about how he lives his life at all, ever. Right. Well, that number, though, is newsworthy, right? Is is what we get as you go, well, someone. In this case, Facebook lost a net worth of six billion dollars, which right. to to people that number is an insane amount of money, and right. that itself is the story. Everything under the story is irrelevant. Whatever people wrote, the, they only wrote that article so that they could say Facebook lost six yes. billion dollars, even though the company, as far as a whole, is still up for the year. Right. Of course. So if you invested in Facebook on January 1st and you still own the stock the day that this happened, you still made money. Right. On your investment. Yeah, but I made less money than I had made before. And that's what makes everybody (laughs) sad. Well, I mean, again, it's 
it's one of those things, look, this is one of those things where I think the, uh, obviously we're on the other side of it, Facebook came back, all the conspiracy theories are are 100% garbage you, at this point. I spent roughly a little over a month to transition our Facebook page from our former <laughs> dead name, which I refuse to say on this show now, to our new name, Market Explainer, uh, by, by I had to change it every week. I had to change it a little bit and i did all of that work and i was so irate at the notion that i did done all that work just to have them not be on the internet for six hours y'all y'all should have heard danny during this process it was yeah it danny was when he says he was irate that is an understatement of the century I, i'm not the kind of person to get upset at people because human beings are flawed and i'm flawed mm -hmm. and i understand that but there's something about when technology or something mechanical doesn't work correctly. I go, I see red and it's just for no reason, things. by the way, for yeah, no reason. Yeah, like when there's things. no logic to why this computer will not work the way it's supposed to, or, yes. or approve what it's supposed to approve or whatever. Absolutely. I think that is uh 100% correct. Um, we are on the other side of this. I think uh, we'll have to do a follow-up story down the line to see whether this whistleblower part of this story, how it actually affects Facebook in the yeah. long term, or so if it affects Facebook at all. It won't affect Facebook. Here's how it will affect Facebook. There's some kid right now who's 16 or 17 who has the gr a great idea for a blockchain social media website that everyone will want to use. And they won't get to make their website or they won't get to make their app because Mark Zuckerberg will have used the federal government to squash that kid's dreams. And that's the story of the whistleblower. It's fake. As Danny would say, that is such a red pill thing to yeah. say. Yes. And I disagree wholeheartedly because... It's called a fact, big man. Look it is up. not a fact. That is not the Google. definition of fact. That is okay. your opinion. That Duck, is Duck, an opinion of right. Danny. Of my, my opinions are facts. And here's another fact. We're moving on to the next story. There you go. But before we do that, I want to tell everybody about Acre Gold. Meet the new store of value, same as the old store of value. The original store of value, gold. Timeless, thoughtfully designed, coming in at two and a half gram um, increments. Acre Gold allows you to set up an account, make a monthly deposit, automatic mm -hmm. deposit into that account. And when you reach um, the price of a two and a half gram bar of gold, they send it to you. Mm -hmm. It's a great Imagine way to... Imagine that. It's a great way for the seasoned gold investor or somebody who's just getting started to invest in gold without breaking their back. You can click the link in the description down below and you can get started with Acre Gold today. Now, we actually story, signed up for this because I was a big fan of that particular process. Yes. It's crazy to me that people buy gold at, for it to... According to the company you're buying it from, sit in a warehouse somewhere, which really, like, seriously? Yeah, I, what was I, the point of buying it then? Well, but do you even know it's there? Like, do you, right. like, there's going to be a point in the future where I think that a lot of those companies come out as fraud because they weren't actually buying the gold to back up what, you know what I mean? And listen, so who do you have your you gold are? in your hands? Who do those companies think they are? The Federal Reserve? <laughs> <laughs> Speaking um, of Danny starting one of those companies next week. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Go ahead. Danny's What's our next gold. story? Um, 
This next story, no big deal. Okay. Came <laughs> and went. <clears throat> um, and listen, this just proves what I've always been saying. Regulations don't hurt anybody except for the little guy. Uh, the Pandora Papers, which are a bunch of leaked documents uh, based on a research project by 150 um, uh, news outlets, which are probably all fake. Uh, 600 journalists got together. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a statistic out there that the average journalist has an alcohol problem. So, um, Imagine you know, that. Not, yeah, not super reliable. But, um, you know, this is a bigger cache of documents than the 2016 Panama Papers from which they made, you know, a couple of movies and all this other stuff. Sure. And basically, what this the, the takeaway from this from this story is a bunch of prime ministers, a bunch of heads of state um, are tucking away their assets through shell corporations, and a handful of law firms help them do it. And the big the big takeaway is duh. Yeah. Well, I, that that's my whole duh. Like there, yeah. this is so. When originally this came out, Danny and I were actually going to talk about this last week, and we decided to postpone it a week because I was very interested to see where a where this story was going to go and how Which much was nowhere. In exactly, and it was how a it was really going to influence like this, right? Because there was nothing in here. A six hundred people journalist, right? Twelve million yeah. files, yada yada. Took on some time to go through this, but to so far of everything I've read about this story, there's nothing in here that would surprise anybody. Not anywhere in what we would call the developed world. I think out of all of this, the part of me that, that is the most, not surprised, but I hope that there are people out there in countries out there that are in these areas because part of this paper was... There are impoverished nations out there that are still under right. either a dictatorships or monarchies right. that are in these papers are these dictators and monarchies while they're people in countries that are starving, that have nothing, have right. tucked away millions and millions of dollars. Hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars. Away from their own country, their own right. people. And so... I don't want to get into what specific countries because right. I no, like no, no. living. I'm super into living my life. <laughs> um, I'm not sick. I'm very careful driver. I always wear a seatbelt. Um, <laughs> I like living my life. So <clears throat> if you know, I take two to the back of the head. We all know what happened. But you know, this was uh, you know. There's a, a lot of different videos you can go watch online about this whole thing. Um, and the the, the takeaway from the 2016 Panama Papers was that all these huge corporate, that, you know, these wealthy individuals were going out there and doing things with this law firm called Mossack Monseca mm -hmm. in Panama, where they tucked their assets to avoid tax. In, here in the United States of America, um, we have this uh, Supreme Court ruling that says whatever you can legally do to mitigate your tax burden, you're allowed to do that. Absolutely. It's perfectly and legal, and we have do you, we have uh, two or three states. I think Delaware is one of them Delaware, that are Nevada, actual South tax Dakota. havens, yes. and in the last decade have become some of the biggest tax havens in the world. By the yes. way, 
Okay, so, we like to pick on places like Switzerland and you know what I mean, these kind of places. Right. But the states that are tax havens in the United States have become some of the largest tax havens for the and, international world. So it, the thing is, you know, the United States is a weird country. It's one of only two countries in the world that taxes you based on citizenship. Right. So if you're a non-citizen of the United States, it's easier to tuck and hide assets in the United States because if you're a citizen of the United States, they are going to make you pay your taxes one way or the other. And pay sure. is a funny word. So I've never paid a tax before. They just take my money. Well, the government it, just takes my money. 90% of, in this case, the Pandora Papers or whatever, you're talking about tax havens in the form of very simply shell corporation buying physical property. Right. Yeah. Like that's that's the tax and, haven is, and, you know, and then turning around and on your actual taxes for your country, taking that as a loss. Right. Because it's an expenditure for right. a corporation to purchase an asset. Right. Right. And, and that kind of stuff. So it's a very simple process and in some places very legal. Right. Yeah. And the people that have done this, though, again, I don't think there's anybody that reads this so far of what's come out of this. And I'm not reading uh, what is it, 12 million affidavits, files, I'm not reading yeah. them. What right. so far come out of this, I don't think surprises anybody, right? That, right. The, yeah. Whether it's politicians, whether it, is it really a story that a politician in America, in Great Britain, in Russia, or anywhere else bought right. a $5 million home in the, the Alps of wherever that, you know what I mean? In the name of their mistress. In so the name of their, right, exactly. Is yeah. that a surprise to anybody? I mean, it's, it's not. But here's what is a surprise to me, and here's where I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat. There's no Western countries in these papers. There's, you know, there, there's, there's no American. You're not finding out about the, you know, the sitting president, the former president, or you know, there's an entire TikTok trend right now of tracking the trades of people in Congress, including the Speaker of the House, mm -hmm. and making money from it because what they're and it's people are making. They, People are saying these are some of the most brilliant trades of all time. I wonder where they come up with this stuff. Well, right? but it's not, again, it's not illegal, right? Yeah, it's not illegal. And, and, and that becomes the problem is is a lot of things, you know, and, and this just brings it up. A lot of these, well, you just said it on taxes, right? If there's a way out, the Supreme Court has said if there's a way out, that this is the argument of simplifying tax code. The code there's yeah. actually a... Right now, they're talking about international business taxes, right? right. Uh, and, and these kind of things. So are they ever going to do anything to close these quote-unquote loopholes? Are they ever going to need to do anything to make things like, uh, should Congress be able to buy stock in a company that they have a say in giving a government contract? Right, and guess what? This yeah. is not a new thing. They've been doing this since the huh. creation of government with shipping contracts and, you know what I mean, yeah. all, all these kind of things. This is... This is the second oldest profession. Right. Yeah. And, so, and, and listen. It's called grifting. I, for a re you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I included this. This is a pseudo political story. But the reason I included that in the, in the lineup this week was how quickly nobody cares about this. And it was astounding to me. It was really surprising. I thought this was actually going to be a story. So and it I. turned out to be nothing as far as people caring. Because for one reason or another, society has this thing about holding to account the petty 
um, just the 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 decamillionaire, mm-hmm. you know, the decamillionaire with a hundred million dollars, who's tucking his his money so his ex wife can't get it. Um, here in Texas, we have a billionaire down in Houston who used didn't even have to his money didn't have to leave the shore. His money was just tucked away in mm-hmm. a trust in South Dakota, and his wife will get his ex wife will get nothing. That's what she deserves, by the way. Um, <laughs> Danny, that is not an opinion of me or Market right. Explainer. That is an opinion right. of Danny. I, I didn't say that, or n- yeah, nor do I necessarily everything. agree with that. So, uh, but what I'm the the roundabout here is, uh, you know, the kind of overall perspective here is, for some reason, everyone's fine with government officials, and, and in many of these situations, countries that the United States, you, the taxpayer sitting right now listening to this podcast, watching this podcast, have unwittingly provided uh, financing for several of these uh, oh, aid and state. funding and stuff like that. And they've got, are, they've got more than that sitting in offshore accounts that, yes. the, that the heads so of state have, have tucked away. hidden and tucked away. Yeah. So there was this, uh, you know, I'll close on this. This is a political whatever, but, you know, there's this uh, congressman, an old congressman, a country doctor from here in Texas, mm-hmm. who said foreign aid is where you take from the poor and the middle class of a first world country and give it to the 1% of a, of a third world country mm-hmm. or the president of a third. And that's literally what has happened here. So however you think things should be distributed, the reality is you're taking from poor middle class people whose number one largest line item household expenses taxes in the United States, um, the largest line item single expense a family in the United States has is their taxes. Uh And we're taking that money from those people, food out of their kids' mouths, gas out of their tank, so we can give it to some king, some president of some country that you're never going to visit because it's too icky to visit. Just saying. Again, those are the pins of Danny that I don't yes. necessarily agree with. Not Mark and Explainer. You can always email him at Danny at uh, upyours.com. I think uh, to close out my final thought of this is I've yet to read a single article that holds anyone accountable for anything that's came out of this. Not a single one. That, that, you can w- hold them accountable. When I say accountability, I mean... There are different levels of accountability, like a slap on the wrist or go to jail, right? There's all these things in the middle. I have yet to read a single article about anyone, including the Queen of England, that is in these papers that that has... There's been nothing happened to. Nothing. Nothing. And it's simple. People accept that this is the, the cost of the state. And what is offensive to me as a guy who, you know, is has opinions about government. It's um, what's offensive is that they're like, Hey, there's a guy who made $10 million who's trying to avoid, who's just trying to keep us $10 million. He already gave, he made 30 million. He already gave 20 of it to the government. He's just trying to keep this last 10. And so he does all this trickery and chicanery, but here's this government official, hundreds of millions of taxpayer, you know, funding from the Mm -hmm. various governments all over the world. Well, naturally, he should be talking this away in the name of his mistress. Who cares? Well, and, and again, if there's silly. no accountability, they're going to continue to do it, right? How do you? There's no way to hold them accountable. But we're right. going to move on to another story.
But before we do that, I have to tell you about Big Man Gear. Big Man Gear is the big man's clothing company delivered mm -hmm. to you by Amazon Prime. We're good friends with Jeff Bezos. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he has a he's intimately involved in the process of delivering these goods to you. you hey, don't make fun of Jeff. All right? He let William Shatner go up in his penis shaped rocket ship this past <laughs> week. So you leave Jeff alone. OK, uh, Dick Rockets. What a country. Oldest um, man in the outer space, by the way. What's oldest that? man to ever visit outer space is William Shatner. Good for him. He was mm -hmm. not, he was fake visiting outer space for how many decades? So, you know, he real visited outer space. Which is why it was a cool story. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. Bigmangear.com. You can go there right now. You can get uh, graphic tees from our good friend, the big man. So this next story is a uh, hits close to home. Because uh, Elon, so Elon and Jeff actually come over on Thursdays for the poker game. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have the logo. It's uh, Joe, Elon, Jeff. Sure, come over sure, sure. To our, to our headquarters. And um, Tesla is moving their headquarters from California, from Palo Alto to Austin, Texas. <gasps> <laughs> Is this a surprise to anybody? Like seriously, when no. when Elon moved here last year, like did is this a surprise to anybody? Like ser no. like seriously, when you everybody knows a couple of things about California, one of them being their taxes are insane especially for rich people, right? right? Their right. state taxes. And people also know that the state of Texas does not have state taxes. Right. Right. So when you got a, when you got a guy like Elon Musk that is building a gigafactory in Austin, now yep. it's said that he's going to build another factory across from where he's building the gigafactory in Austin, and right. he's basically bought an entire town for his SpaceX program right. in South Texas. South Texas, yeah. Have you? Do you really? That he, Do you really think that he wasn't ultimately going to move down here, have all of these things going on, and not move his headquarters? That makes right. no sense to me if you think this is a surprise. The actual most surprising part about this article, though, is is typically when a company moves its headquarters from one state to another, yeah. they kind of pull out of that state. Not always entirely, but they kind of scale back their business in that state, right? That kind of stuff. Right. According to what Elon Musk is saying, however, they're looking at increasing their um, their gigafactory that's in right uh, California, in looking Fremont. at increasing its production, looking right. at increasing what they do there and that kind of stuff. I think that's in part he wanted to tell Californians and California that their yeah. jobs aren't at risk. I'm not taking any jobs away from Californians. I'm actually looking to grow the jobs. That kind of thing. Well, I think it was kind of political. I, I think it's political for the moment. But my personal view is, once he gets this exist, the factory up in Austin, who stands up the factory in Round Rock. Mm -hmm. Once he uh, and his, he has another factory out in Nevada. I think yep. that he is going to slowly shift production with the new generation of Tesla models that comes out. Um, because California is just an unfriendly place to do business. And he's better off going to Utah and building a master factory somewhere in Utah than he is trying to deal with California's regulatory burden. And um, 
That's what I think. I don't. Think I think it's gonna... workforce, like you just said. It the, the fact is, he now knows after opening up a couple of these factories that yeah. getting the place built is only one part of the process. Yes, staffing it, training people, getting it up and running. It literally says in a couple of these articles that in I, I think he built one in uh, what is it Shanghai, right? Yeah. And he built it. It took him eleven months to build the plant. But something like 14 months to get it up and running afterwards. Right. Because you have to bring, again, you're talking about a completely new way of building a product. This right. is not go out and hire an assembly line worker that's done the same job for 30 years. They are, right. The technology is different how they're building these cards. The way they're building them with the advent of, of machines that are automated and all these different kinds of things. You have to grab an intelligent person. First of all, you have to find an intelligent person. Then right. you have to train that intelligent person, and then you have to get them up to speed. That takes a long time, right? Right. So I think, and it, like you just said, California is, while people would argue that it's a very um, employee, but you know what I mean? Uh, friendly. friendly state. It's right. not a very business-friendly state. Right. So and you that's add who the that employees on, work for. You know? Yeah, and you add that on top of a difficult business model like Tesla's having to right. create their employees, right, right? From training them and stuff like that. Do you want to do that in California where you have a lot of rules and regulations and issues in right. a place like that where you can't be very nimble? Right. And so my my thought process is Elon Musk says this and then over time he builds out more factories in the right to work, no income tax states like Tennessee, Texas, mm -hmm. Nevada, and uh, slowly draws down. Because listen, so the, the plant that Elon Musk is building out of in Fremont, California, was once used by a partnership between Toyota and General Motors called the NUMI, mm -hmm. which was later dissolved. And neither General Motors or Toyota wants to be in California. So um, Elon Musk was simply going the path of least resistance, buying an existing factory, which has been done now by um, like Lordstown Motor Motors, mm -hmm. owned a former General Motors factory. But where, and you know, um, Lordstown Motors ended up having to sell to um, the, uh, the, the, the manufacturer of iPhones because they're going to help other companies build batteries there. But ultimately, why did Toyota want to leave? Toyota left um, in the last five years to Plano, Texas. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the environment and, and ultimately being pro-employee isn't bad on its face. But if you create a situation where employees can't be employed by employers, <laughs> what's the point? Well, look, I, I think, you know, my hot take on, on companies taking over um, outdated, uh, you know, building, you know, commercial yeah. buildings that are like that. I think that is already proven that it doesn't work well. I think, you know what I mean? Tesla proved that it didn't work very well. Um, I, I, so which is why they're building their own factories. Right. Um, uh, Ford, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you know, heavily investing into E, you know, ele you know, electric vehicles. Uh, yeah. They're building uh, another factory True. and they they have 
obviously factories that they could retrofit. I think right. it comes out cheaper and more sustainable for them to build right. better updated technological based you know what I mean? Facilities, uh, facilities yeah. than it does to retrofit these older buildings older and that kind of stuff. And, and and that's another reason why I think the Fremont, California plant isn't long for this world. I think that eventually there's going to be a future in which Tesla either becomes a manufacturing partner to large to existing automotive companies, mm -hmm. or they get acquired or something like that. Because the the Lone Ranger Act for Tesla. I just don't know that it has sustainability. That's all. Well, and you and I have talked about that. I, I no, think I, electric I, vehicles also, as, a, as a whole end up. I think m the. I think if they do catch on, which I'm not certain that they will. You and no. I have talked about this in length. That it, I don't uh, think they're going to catch I think on. More of a hybrid model like yes. you, uh, yeah. but that takes partnering with your Ford, your General Motors, your whatever. Yeah. I, I think I agree with you on that. Now, not to say that there's not a market in the future for fully electric vehicles. I think there is a place for Tesla yeah. to have its name on all electric vehicles forever, right? Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean that that doesn't, they don't combine technologies with a partnership with Ford and or General Motors and right. or everybody else and go, hey, we're going to develop a, a single engine or a series of five engines that right. everybody's going to use because they all meet the government mandates, they all meet the whatever, right? And we can train everybody to work on these across yeah. our network of mechanics and blah, 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 blah. Um, right. I think the more interesting thing going forward is actually battery power and how that changes yeah. than yeah. it is actual engines, right? Yeah. And electric versus gas and that the, kind of stuff. The battery technology to me is going to be the more interesting, the rampant, the... the Absolutely. I, the, here in Cedar Park, we actually have a battery research and development country, uh, 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 research and development company that is working with Tesla and several other trying to figure some things like that out. So I, I right. think it's going to be a little bit, I think that's a more interesting when we start talking about investments and changes yeah. and stuff like that. I think battery power and capacity and how those things work is a much more interesting um, and opportunistic than some of these buying like Tesla stock or whatever. Um, uh, the, the other thing I think is important about this is you have, Tesla is just the latest of a laundry list of companies moving to Texas. Yeah. Uh, Texas has... Now, this is not... Look, I, I, you and I... Yeah, I'm from Texas. You're a Texan, yeah. right? By proxy at this point. And, yeah. And there's a lot of things that are great for these companies. They're, I don't want to paint a perfect picture of Texas in that there are hurdles. Tesla, yeah. for example, cannot sell their model of directly to consumer. They can't do that in the state of Texas. Okay? It's illegal here. It's illegal here, right? They have to go through a dealership of some sort, which, I again, I don't necessarily, there's a reason that model was created in the first place. Right. And whether Tesla ends up, they've applied for waivers, for example. Right. None of right. them have gone through. Texas, the, the state of Texas uh, as a government only meets every two years. Um, right. They didn't get anything past this last Congress session, so they'll try again. But whether it's a waiver or whether, again, they end up with partnerships, right? right. Why wouldn't you go into a Chevrolet dealership, a Ford dealership, or whatever that are already existing and find a way to make a deal with Ford, Chevy, Merc, whatever, right. 
and go, hey, uh, we need to also sell Teslas here. Let's figure yeah. this out, right? And and that I, kind of thing. I, I get why he did things the way he did things, but I don't know that. It, nonetheless, the the whole of the story is Tesla is moving its headquarters to Austin. Um, how does this work for Austinites? Um, I don't know that it's going to hurt any more than all these other companies moving here. You know? I, I, well, I tell you what, it affects Austin, and this is uh, in the Austin and surrounding area because we keep saying Austin, but it's really Round Rock. It's round it, you rock, know what yeah. I mean? Um, but but really, it affects things that people don't think about. I mean, does it? <laughs> again, if they're keeping their company in California. Right, which yeah. he says he is keeping your factory. Uh, yeah, factory moving their headquarters. You're not. It's not a huge job creation for Austin, right? Well, it's it's, it's more. Some. It's got to well, be some. It'll be some, but I'm saying it's not a. It's not a thirty thousand person right, right, job right. creation for Austin or anything like that. This is a lot of paperwork. This is this is a yeah. lot of that kind of stuff. It's a more prestigious thing, right? Well, yeah. Tesla's headquarters is now in Austin and, and that kind of stuff. Um, what it does create though is for that simple move is your your it's gonna make the housing market even worse. That's already a yeah. bad thing. Um, you're gonna you're you're going to create you will create jobs in the form of people building houses around this factory. Right. People building things and commercial buildings there will be money made off of this move even though it's just tesla and paperwork mostly yeah. right for their benefit the money the real money that'll be made off of this move to austin will be made yeah. by this wave auxiliary ripple yeah, of yeah, businesses yeah. surrounding it let me ask you this much i'm trying to find this and i couldn't find it where is their headquarters going to be is it going to be by their factory in round rock they didn't state do? in this article at all. Yeah, I would assume uh, article came out or, or the news came out about a month ago, month and a half ago, that Tesla uh, directly across the street from their Gigafactory bought all the land across from their their uh, okay. current Gigafactory building. And initially it was said that they were going to use that to support SpaceX down, right? Down south. Yeah. I think what you're now going to figure out is this was their plan all along. They're going to yeah, move their headquarters into that building, yeah. right, yeah. along with SpaceX or whatever, and build it out to be a a hub yeah. of what is their headquarters, right? right? We got people from SpaceX. We got people from you know our different right. subsidiaries. Here's where they sit. Right. So in closing, let's just remember that this this year. There was a recording from a court case where Elon Musk talked about how he doesn't care too much for being CEO of Tesla, <laughs> which lends credence to the notion that with the right partnership or the right acquisition, Elon Musk would focus his full attention on Mars. Well, uh, okay, well, and if you like conspiracies... Like Danny always says, not that Elon Musk necessarily needs more money, but this also happens right after the board gave him a contract that is laden with goals of growth and stuff yeah. like that. So he gets this contract that says he can create more wealth just right. by accomplishing these goals, goals. Yeah. and all of a sudden... It moves to he starts making all these moves, yeah. Right, uh, and if because if he reaches those goals, he becomes even a richer man than he already right. is. 
and all these things. And look, when you're when you're that there, there's been books written about the fact that the reason these aliens like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and right and all these guys exist, right? right? Steve Jobs and whatever is because no matter right. how rich they get, no matter how whatever they get, they right. continue to have these growth goals. It's what drives them. It's what makes them right. different. And you Gotta give a guy you got you give a guy like Elon Musk that doesn't really need the money, but you give right. him goals. Right. It's and he starts shaking things up. And and the the real the real the real hard part for the average guy living his life in the United States of America about the growth of Tesla is that we have to continue to deal with the doofus. Hipster doofuses <laughs> that buy these vehicles and say, "Don't I have a cool car?" I can't. You, you and I have talked at length about. You and I have no problem with Tesla. We no. have a problem with Tesla drivers. Correct. That's that's who we have a problem with. All right, what are we well, doing next? Let's this next story before we jump into it. I want to tell you about my website, workinghomestuff.com. As we all know, working at home ain't going away. It is not. So you're going to need stuff to make that 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 home office and office <clears throat> you can go to working on stuff.com we have reviews on chairs and desks and i want you to check out this product and you'll get linked off to amazon uh of which this is a uh amazon uh, affiliate website so that's work at home stuff.com yep now uh, this is a fun story, super awesome, very exciting, <laughs> not remotely political. Walgreens is closing five stores in San Francisco, citing organized shoplifting. And also along these lines, Target's closed at 6 p.m. in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Target has closed, I believe, two stores because of the exact same issue. <clears throat> totally cool, right? Awesome. Well by the way, this is number these adding these five will mark yeah. twenty two total Walgreens that have shut in the Bay Area in the last fourteen months, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's only it's only almost half of their stores. Now, right. when we say citing, look, there's a lot of people that are saying different things. What Walgreens yeah. is saying is they're citing, and so is Target, by the way, by closing at 6 or whatever. They're citing organized shoplifting. Now, right. I'll, I'll go back. I was, I was instilled to my knowledge, I am the youngest Walgreens store manager that have ever been. I was given a store when I was 18 years old by Walgreens, right? So, to run. And the point, yeah. though, is is it, we had a policy back then that I actually almost got fired for. I was coming into work one day, um, literally uh, coming from my car, walking into the Walgreens. Yeah. person comes running out the door. Obviously, well, I say obviously, after the fact, learned that, that he had stolen something and was running out the door. And look, I played football. Right in, in school and stuff like that, someone runs to you. You you instead of Check taking them. it and smashing it, you you shuck them. It's called shucking yeah. in football, right? You, yeah. You you absorb and push off that gravity. Okay. Well, when I did that, the guy went basically face first into one of those concrete pylons, 
right? Which if that he are, wasn't running after uh, he had stolen right something. Right in Walgreens, yeah. right? Right. Um, and then, and basically said, uh, he, you know, the, the, basically the way the story was spun was I was trying to stop him from stealing. Now, right. at that time, and I'm pretty sure Walgreens still has this policy, you are not allowed as the store employee to right. do anything about people shoplifting. <laughs> you are not like it is against their policy. If you do anything right. to stop them, you are fired. Really? Like that is their policy. That's why I what say I almost logic? got fired. Right. And the, logic, the logic is safety, right? Okay. It, it's it's responsibility that if you get hurt as an employee of Walgreens because you're trying to stop someone from stealing $20 worth of crap, is it worth it? Right. Right. Um, because actually, and this being a store manager, um, like 90% of all retail theft actually comes yeah. from employees. Oh, not, that's good. Not, good not. I, so their theory, when you talk about loss prevention at like retail stores, is right. if they could stop employee theft, it wouldn't matter how much actually walked out the front door by others. Because right. you'd be stopping 90% of it. Right. Yeah, which is the so, most you can hope for. Right, exactly. So they wouldn't care. So that that so a liability is the reason. So when you talk about these kind of stories, you're talking about organized people that have right. now figured this out and figured out that well, if I'm not going to be stopped, there was a viral video in June um, that, and I say viral, I mean it went everywhere because it brought up this question. It highlighted this problem that they're talking about, right. where it was a a employee of a Walgreens with their camera out watching someone on a bike inside yeah. the store loading things into a black garbage bag and then just riding out the store with it. What's wrong with that? God bless America. Now, eventually this guy was caught because he was an idiot, yeah. Uh, yeah. because he did it, uh, I, I think, a half a dozen times at the exact same location. Switch um, it up, pal. So, but here's what's happening. I kind of combined sure. this with two different stories. Um, there was a, there's a story that just came out because they were just sentenced, a yeah. father and daughter. Um, that over a period of the last eight, nine years um, have stolen an estimated of, or have made an estimated $6 million off of organized retail theft. Yeah. And there was another, there's an article, there was an article in Wall Street Journal. I didn't read it. I just saw the headline. <clears throat> it was something in the excess of $30 million mm -hmm. that CVS was combating uh, $30 million of theft. I watched a TikTok video of it was somebody who's waiting for their prescription and uh, they just watch a guy, burly, big guy, walk behind, you know, this is a part, it's just a little swinging door. Right. Piles through the door and, you know, uh, you know, we're just, let's deal in reality. More diminutively sized, smaller women working there. Big burly guy just comes in Loads up a bunch of stuff off the prescription shelf. Sure. And he's not even running. He's just to do, do. He's moseying out the front door. Well, because and and so you ha you had this so organized we, retail theft, right? And, and, and then that, you have, yeah. In this case, it, the one I was saying that just got cited, they each got five years in jail, which is you know again, I you, you know they're gonna uh, keep the money. Uh, well, no, well, um, yes, because they spent it. Like there's oh. restitution that they added onto it. I think they were told to uh, pay back four point three million dollars. Well, if they took six, yeah, and spent it, where and 
A, if they're in jail now, where are they getting the $4.35 million? Because I guarantee it's now, not sitting in their bank see, accounts. If you had stole $6.1 million, invested that too correctly, you could cover <laughs> your restitution. Well, that's the Wolf of Wall Street thing, of right? The guy yeah. went to jail, but he was still rich. He didn't yeah. have to pay back all the money that he that he stole from people over the Wolf of Wall Street you know, yes. Danny would argue that he didn't steal anything, but the, well, no, the that's point, not true. The point yeah. here is, is you have people, and this is where, again, Danny's not going to care about this, but really what this is about is about people taking advantage of people, meaning well, the people that are actually stealing these, that they're using to steal from Target and Walgreens right. or whatever, these are typically people in low-income areas, they're homeless, they're whatever. Right. They steal these objects and take it to like in that case with the 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 father daughter combo there they were taking yeah. it to a warehouse right. and then they were giving them pennies on the dollar for these products and then turn around and selling them for almost full price on right. guess what amazon.com Amazon. walmart.com yeah. all of these open platforms where hey if you have so, a product you can, can sell, sell it. it so What's interesting is in, in San Francisco, and not this is related to the case of the father and daughter, because they're in Atlanta, but um, the case of San Francisco, they don't prosecute over a, a over under a certain dollar amount. I think that's I think that's around a thousand dollars or nine hundred mm -hmm. some dollars. They don't prosecute petty theft. And so it isn't simply Walgreens bad policy, or I understand the policy. Um but it's combined with the fact that the city is not going to do anything about people stealing from you. And uh, there is a concern in lower um, income communities of something called a food desert where uh, you can't get fresh produce because there are no grocery stores. Right. And there's all these wild conspiracies as to why that's the case. When a situation like this, you look at a Walgreens, there's a large corporation saying, you know, we can't operate profitably mm -hmm. in, in the Bay Area. Same thing with Target. We have to close by 6 o'clock. Now, if you take that data from the large corporation and go, hey, wait, if a billion-dollar corporation like Walgreens or Target can't properly function in your uh, location, right? how do you expect a mom and pop to stand up uh, a grocery store? Because most groceries, grocery stores are regional chains. If a regional chain that, you know, they do $100 million in annual sales, the profit on groceries hovers around 1% or 2%, right? Exactly. Net, net numbers after taxes, paying everybody, disposing of, of, of bad goods, all that other stuff, food waste, all this other jazz, talking about 1% or 2%. Why is it? And then if you just add the shrinkage factor of half a percent, you're eating up a quarter of the profits just in theft. You're going to close. Well, but this is also the reason, and people don't get this, theft, corporations don't take losses for anything, right? Right. So what they do, and this is why, even here in Austin, I can walk into a Walgreens in Cedar Park, where I live, um, yeah. and buy a product. If yeah. I go to East Austin, that product may be 20% more. Right? right, because what they do on any given store, it's built into their pricing. If I have a high theft store, they just take that and build it into the pricing. So the people that are buying products in that area, again, lower income, impoverished areas, are paying more for products than people in higher class areas 
because the, of the theft. They just incorporated into their business model for that area, right? So San Francisco has come out as a city and said Walgreens shouldn't do this. So trying to paint Walgreens as the bad guy here because guess what? Walgreens people go to old folks go to Walgreens, right? People go to Walgreens well, after I, work on their way home because they're treated like a convenience store, right? Right. I don't and then understand they're going, how Walgreens ends up being the bad guy for saying, hey, we don't want to put our employees at risk um, because of the, the rampant theft. Mm -hmm. And listen, I'm no, like, uh, I'm no um, cop fan here, but like, let's just be honest. If you don't let these people, if you don't let the police do the job of like, hey, you can't steal things. That's a basic premise of a, of a society, of a functioning society. Is right. You don't get to steal stuff. Now, I've heard stories, don't know if they're true, on various podcasts about how you can go outside of a Walgreens in places like San Francisco and New York City, mm -hmm. and down the street, a block or two, a guy will set up a card table, and he's selling everything he just stole at a Walgreens. Well, in today's world, they do it online because, again, yeah. nobody cares. Walmart, yeah, Amazon, all these different places, especially if you have bulk product. Hell, yeah. Amazon, if I have a bulk product, I can send it into Amazon. Amazon will take care of shipping it out within that two days. They yeah. don't ask me where I got it from. They, they don't, don't care where it comes from. They just met that they get hey, their cut and that they get to go. A, an entire business model where people buy stuff that's returned to Amazon mm -hmm. and if they and they do the quality the quality the QC the quality mm -hmm. control on it and they say hey you know 15% of this stuff is garbage but the rest of it's good they return it to Amazon and it goes back into Amazon FBA and yep. It's they're making margin and that's good for them. I got no beef with people making well, money. But if you stole this product or and you had someone steal this, it's all there's no such thing as a uh, you know margin because it didn't cost you it cost you next to nothing. And that's the whole right. that that part has been figured out so consistently that people yeah. have um, you know, that again, you're always gonna have people that abuse the system. And San Francisco is reeling. Right, like everybody's read about San Francisco's homeless population is has grown so much. Um, I actually went to San Francisco not too long ago. It the uh, and we spent almost zero time in downtown San Francisco because, right. quite frankly, it's disgusting. Um, yeah. There are people everywhere. Um, the city is disgustingly dirty and that right. kind of stuff. So it's not surprising when you look at it from that standpoint right. and the city is doing nothing to protect and, the businesses and, and let me just say something to the people of san francisco los angeles new york texas is full don't come <laughs> oklahoma on the other hand plenty of, plenty land. of room plenty they of got, land they got the they got the vacancy sign on head right on out to oklahoma mm -hmm. let me tell you something if we just tell you it's texas you ain't gonna know the difference anyway uh, right? that, that's partially true. Yes. Yeah. Yes. They got but they've got plenty of land, plenty of space. Yeah. You and, can spread out. And they got casinos. Texas won't let you have casinos yet. <laughs> Don't come here. It's full. There's no space. Elon Musk isn't actually opening a factory here. Don't worry about it. He's not coming that's right. here. Completely no dismiss everything we've said. Yeah. Um, it's Don't not come. worth living here. It's it, Texas is all hype. There's no space. Don't come here. <laughs> no space. 
Kevin. New Mexico, plenty of space. Oklahoma. I'm sure. New Mexico, Oklahoma, right? Yeah. You know, Colorado. Go to Colorado. Weed's legal there. So, you know, yeah, go to Colorado. Exactly. Man. Um, before we close out our show today, I want to tell you about our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash market explainer. We're going to be adding some shows there, different types of content, same, uh, same next point of business, because that's what we love talking about. So, um, you can go to patreon.com slash market explainer. You can go to our website. Our website will show you everything we got going on. Marketexplainer.com. Yep. And we're going to, so, I think we're going to put all our follow-ups and stuff like that. Yeah. How often that Danny's wrong and I'm right. Or, yeah, is, you know, uh, how often we are right or we call yeah. a trend. Danny loves to point out the fact when he finds a story before it was a story kind of thing. Um, so I think those, <laughs> um, those kinds of things. Uh, if you want to hear me talk about something political, I did do a radio show over the weekend back in my hometown. Uh, that link will be somewhere, um, I, probably in the description of the show. So, uh, but before we leave, I just, I just want everyone to know that if you get a hold of me personally, I offer absolution for white guilt for a nominal reoccurring monthly fee. In addition, I sell passes to make racial jokes. Um, it's a revenue stream that I'm developing. So if you're looking for that, I'm also, you know, this is diversity, inclusion, and equity month. I am a diversity, inclusion, and equity coordinator and consultant. So reoccurring monthly fee for the white privilege huh? Re re reoccurring white guilt i absolve white, white guilt, guilt to that. Yes. ah yes yeah. gotcha um yeah wow that is somehow not surprising in the least <laughs> right <laughs> we'll see you next time folks